Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. I'll be with you for the next two hours. We are live on Red State Talk Radio, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is Friday, January 25th, 2019. Like I said last week, this week has moved really quickly. And uh, this morning, um, it's been very, very interesting. I woke up to the news of a very uh, dear person to me, someone who I love, not because they wear snazzy socks, but uh, because they are, they are a true person. It's very difficult for us to actually find people that uh, that are real, those people that uh, what they say is what they mean. How they look is depicting exactly what they're thinking. You can see a lot in uh, Roger Stone's face when, <laughs> when you ask him a question. I was shocked. But the thing that shocked me wasn't the fact that they arrested him. You know, this is Mueller's M.O., right? This is how the dirty, corrupt, fourth branch unelected part of the government operates. What upset me was the MO and how it was all orchestrated. Now we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We'll talk about the wall, the national emergency and more pink slips. You know, none of the mainstream media are reporting this. Oh, and one more thing. I am in the middle of writing it up, but guess what was set on fire just a little over 24 hours ago? You got it. Comet Ping Pong, a pizzeria. You remember that pizzeria? The one that, you know, normalized posting pictures of infants and children uh, being um, strapped down, being uh, sold. Remember German baby for sale, $1,200? Yes. On fire. Only one outlet reported it, and that was local D.C., because the fire department came. Uh, so we'll discuss that, too. Uh, there's a lot to discuss and a lot of anticipation for today. I believe uh, Roger Stone's arrest today, aside from being a bogus indictment, which we will go through step by step together on this show, was is literally a political tool right now. A political tool. 
I am currently uh, joining Fox News on a live stakeout to hear Roger Stone make an announcement, which will be in a few minutes. So, I, But in the meantime, I'd like to play a clip of what Nancy Pelosi had to say about uh, his arrest. It's, it's But it's also bothersome to see uh, his connections to Russia and the president's suggestions that we should question that we should be in NATO, which is a dream from Okay, the audio is really bad, so I will read you the transcript because they even transcribed it because the audio was bad. So let me say, she says, it's very interesting to see the kinds of people the president of the United States um, has surrounded himself with. Huh. Talk about a camel mocking another camel's hump. This connection, um, hold on, that went, okay, transcribed so we can read, not to flash it to us. She said, this connection to the integrity of our elections is obviously something we have to get the truth about. But it's also bothersome to see connections to Russia. And the president's suggestions that we should question whether we should be in NATO which is a dream come true for Vladimir Putin. Is she insane? First of all, the indictment has no indication of any direct connections to Russia, first of all, right? This is all rubbish. And us pulling out of NATO is because no one is paying their way. I don't want to have to pay for everybody else's way at NATO, do you? And I don't want to be part of a group of nations that dictate to me how my country should operate, do you? I don't. I'm all for getting out of NATO. It's a waste of money and a stupid alliance. Because in the end, think about it. Anytime NATO has intervened, who sends all the troops? We do. They don't have anything. So let's pull out. If we need protection, we got it. We're good. We've got one of the strongest armies, navies, and air force on the planet. And soon to have space force. So where do we start? Should I start parsing this indictment? The only concern is, is that he should be live quickly. You know, I'll just say a couple words. So a prelude to this indictment, just so that you understand, is that it is a bunch of BS. It's hearsay, this say, you didn't say, you obstructed you. They, they use fancy words just to get you. And now this is a rule of thumb advice to anyone, especially people that file federal complaints that try to hold, uh, their you know, their politicians responsible. If ever any law enforcement officer asks you to confirm information, even something simple like your name, when they don't have authority, you don't have to, if you have to identify yourself, do so. But when they ask you to identify other things like, Hey, so what'd you have for breakfast or something like, where were you? What did you order at Starbucks? You don't have to confirm or deny anything, anything. Cause I guarantee you if a question was like, Hey Roger, did you eat that biscuit? And he says, mm, not that I recall. And then they find out he ate three biscuits. You know, that's lying to a federal officer. And that's actually an offense. This is entrapment 101. This is how you get people where you want them. You indictment, you indict them, and then you assume that they'll start singing because they're trapped.
kind of like what Corsi did. See, I felt bad for Corsi because the thing is, I don't think he wanted to be, and I'm air quoting here, transparent. Um, but you know, he has his own skeletons and they might have nailed him on something because he willingly offered everything. Even on the indictment, it says, why are you talking to them? I would never talk to them. Yet he talked to them thinking I have nothing to hide. So no one's going to come after me. Listen, guys, you may be as clean as a whistle. You may have the best intentions, but if you have information or they think you have information that compromises them or anyone that surrounds them or the people they work for, they will trap you. They will use any means possible. Look at this. I mean, they got a FISA warrant from circular reporting, fake reporting. And this indictment is based on BS information. Total BS information. I wrote an article about it and I titled it, um, stone indictment, uh, what did I go with? I went with stone indictment reveals Mueller's goal. Who is Q? See, I've mentioned it many times before that finding, determining that say you, uh, who I'm talking to right now, whoever's listening, I find out that you have information on me or you have information on, uh, you know, the people I work for or the people that I'm protecting, Right. Well, then the thing is, I'm going to come to you to extract that information, but the information isn't what I'm really after from you. I want to find out where you got this information and if your source has more, because remember Mueller was placed in this investigation, not in the public interest, not to investigate this fake Russia collusion, but to cover up their tracks. Deleting texts, as we know, deleting emails, as we know, severing all connections, all criminal activities, all dubious activities, all foreign uh, enemy interactions, all anything that shows that the previous administrations and the Clintons and big businesses and the media, all of them. Anything that shows that they had the intention to usurp us, to undermine our democracy is being deleted. And who can't they find? And who don't they, they don't know what kind of information the president has because it seems like he's 20 steps ahead and they just keep falling into traps. So what they want to do is find out, damn it, obviously someone has the goods. Someone has this information. And in this article, I put some quotes from interviews that I did last summer with a bunch of people, uh, bakers, you know, people, <laughs> just people. And I've interviewed them many times, these people. And they pretty much put it out there. And one thing I put in my article is if Roger Stone having access to the, to the hacked emails of Podesta is a crime and having access to those emails 
prior to WikiLeaks publishing them is a crime, then there are a lot of us that are going to jail. Because some of you are listening now and know what I'm talking about. People had these emails before WikiLeaks dropped it. You know, in this indictment, Mueller also reassures his factual findings that Russians hacked Podesta's emails and the DNC, which is false. He indicted, supposedly, Russians, right? And guess what he did with that indictment? Ooh, I'm, I'm indicting all these people for hacking the DNC and Podesta's emails, and you watch. I just did this, and I'm a hero. But then what does he do? He sends that recommendation for prosecution to a division of our Justice Department that has no authority to arrest, no authority to implement. So basically, it's just to file it as a supposed fact and let it die. This is how they work. Because look at where he filed it. They can't, they're not allowed to go and prosecute. They can't arrest people. They're not able to. It's impossible. So what was the purpose of him filing this? To let it die and make it public record, thus making it fact. So this is a lot more intricate. I mean, we're seeing that through this indictment, there is no... He's working against the premise of actual law enforcement. The idea, if you're law enforcement, is to prosecute or investigate someone in the public interest. Tell me what public interest is he serving by demanding to know why he was sharing or why he had access to damaging information of Podesta? Why? So if I have access to damaging information, right? about my my friend's opponent you know if i have a friend that's running for office because i'm gonna have a friend that's running for office soon and guess what i got damaging things on both of the people that are going to attempt to run against him you think i'm not going to tell him when did opposition research become illegal because if it's illegal why is hillary clinton still walking around why have you in, haven't indicted them because they went beyond opposition research. They used our federal resources, our government, our justice department, our law enforcement, our intelligence community to manufacture and attempt to collect opposition research. But that's okay. But a guy running into a link that was shared to him on a Chan board that had all these emails and then hearing that this might be dropped to WikiLeaks is a problem. Oh, and it was a problem for him to reach out to Corsi, who claimed to have direct access to Julian Assange and say, yo, can you go up there and see if this is really true? Because, you know, he can't use that. He can't bring it to his friend if it's not corroborated. Correct. You're not going to give your friend fake news. You're going to give him something that's corroborated, something that's actual and factual, right? That's the way it goes. So the bottom line here is that Mueller has abused his office and this indictment is 100% spot on. Now, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, the FBI leaked it to CNN. No, they didn't. I'll tell you who leaked it. So 
Roger Stone lives in Fort Lauderdale. That's in Broward County. You know, Broward County, the one with the corrupt sheriff Israel, the one that had the shooting and all the sheriffs stood down. You know, the one that's found uh, that found that during the elections, they deleted all the ballots and suddenly Debbie Wasserman Schultz was the winner again. You know, that corrupt county, that cesspool county, that county that is run by care and crazy Democrats. Yeah, that county. So when the FBI comes into your territory, right, they come out because they're federal. They have to tell the local county sheriff and the police, hey, we're going to go arrest someone and we're bringing guns and this and this. So be on the ready if anything goes down. So they knew. They are the ones that leaked it to CNN, guys, not the FBI. So let's just get that clear. It was not the FBI that leaked it. It was not Mueller's, uh, you know, people that leaked it. It was Brower County Sheriff. And, you know, that sheriff was removed by DeSantis. And, of course, there's a lot of butthurt individuals that are still working there that just, you know, see Orange Man bad. They're all NPCs gone. They're disgusting and disrupt. They're horrible. These are the same sheriffs that let kids supposedly die because they had a stand down order. What person that is trained and is mandated to ensure that that a citizen's life is valued and protected stands down in an active shooting? That's all I have to say. I don't care if I'm given orders. If I have a gun and my duty is to protect and there are kids and teachers being shot up, you know I'm using it. And you can smack me and punish me and sanction me and do whatever you want to me afterwards. But at least I'll know that I did my best to uphold my duties as a law enforcement officer. So keep in mind the kind of people that had this information and hence why CNN was having coffee and relaxing and talking. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Did they expect the FBI to go in? Like when I watched it, I was thinking, Oh, please Lord, wake up. I was thinking, please Lord, wake up because I, in my mind, I thought, what if I was in a deep sleep at that time? Cause it's super early, right? And I didn't hear the door or, you know, how sometimes phones are ringing or doorbells are going off and you're sleeping and you kind of see a doorbell in your dream or a phone ringing in your dream. And you're just like, oh, it's just part of the dream kind of thing. And you sleep right through it. Right. I was thinking, what if he didn't do it? And what if he suddenly saw men standing in his bedroom and he has no idea and he pulls a gun? That's it. There goes Roger. And this is why, for that reason, I removed all weapons and guns from my house the minute I started, you know, filing federal complaints, you know, about uh, organized human trafficking by politicians, federally funded human trafficking by politicians. Because if someone wants to frame me, come to me, you know, it's usually suicide, right? Or they say something, I'm covered. And this is what I was scared of with Roger. I was really scared. I thought, oh my God, what if he's sleeping? What if he's like deep sleep? You know, it's six o'clock in the morning and he doesn't hear the door and they come in and for his protection, he has a handgun and he pulls it out because he's confused. He's out of sleep and he shoots or he just grabs onto it because he doesn't know what's going on because it's dark. It's six o'clock in the morning. Why would the FBI be storming my house? It's not like I killed anyone. It's not like I did anything crazy, right? Why would they be storming my house? This is a civil type thing. It's not criminal, criminal for lying. Come on guys. They don't even arrest pedophiles like that. 
to storm in and and come with armed agents and CNN saying, oh, well, you know, the reason they do it is because they want to protect themselves just in case. Really? Roger Stone, who has nothing, you have nothing except for lying. You're going to come down on him like he's some, you know, cartel or MS-13 member. And let's think, what is MS-13? We need to revisit that one day. So what are you, what are you doing? They were hoping. I think they were hoping that that's what happened, that they would have to storm in, startle him, and something would happen, and they would take him out. I think they were hoping. And in a sense, I'm kind of glad that CNN was there because they showed this man in his pajamas and his little glasses, and I'm pretty sure he was wearing schnazzy socks because he does, opening the door all calmly saying, what's going on? You know, and what's curious is how come his lawyer didn't know? Because usually they tell your lawyer, hey, we've got a warrant for his arrest and we're going. Why didn't they tell him? Which leads me to believe that this was indeed not to go down the way it went down today. For me, it seems like they were hoping for a different outcome. So in a sense, I'm kind of glad that, you know, Broward County Sheriff tipped off CNN because we got to see that he opened the door. But what if he didn't? Guys, think about it. What if he didn't open the door? These people are so corrupt. They would take you out in a heartbeat if they can. What if he didn't? What if he slept through it? What if they barged in and shot him and said, well, he has a weapon there and it was unregistered. They could just put it there. And, you know, uh, you know, he drew the weapon on us. And, you know, one would argue, well, you know, you're storming into my house. I'm not expecting you. I don't think I've done something wrong. And you're hanging over my bedroom in the dark, you know, shouting or pointing guns at me. What do you want me to do? Just sit there and be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Great wake up. No. So for me, it feels like it didn't go down the way they wanted. And I was really scared for Roger. For me this morning, it was like, oh, thank God he's safe. Because I don't trust the FBI. Who trusts them? Look at what they're doing. And these are FBI agents executing Mueller's orders. So who trusts them? Okay, he's live. Let's listen to this. He's up. All right, let's let's connect this. He's just been let out on a $250,000 bond. Roger Stone did nothing wrong. He looks he looks good for what he's been through. There are some people asking to lock him up, other people are supporting him. He's smiling. I'm glad to see him in good spirits for what he's been through. 
Okay, so uh, I don't know how much of that you guys got to hear, but the one thing he said was, uh, you know, I speak for myself. He also told them that the way they came in was unacceptable, something that I said, and that's why I am more inclined to think that the sting operation, without telling his attorneys, he wasn't a flight risk. This is a guy that they want to get for lying, right? For lying, Right. This is what they're saying, that he lied and obstructed justice. Their goal is to find out who's Q. That is their goal. That is their goal. They want to know who it is. They want to know what information does the president have? Because if they know what cars President Trump has, they can protect themselves. And if Roger Stone was doing what they say he was doing, which is communicating with WikiLeaks or reaching out, they're trying to say that he colluded with the Russians that stole the emails, but we all know it's not the Russians. Because if it was the Russians, then it would have been done correctly. It wouldn't be funded by Perkins Coy to hire Fusion GPS to find out who hacked, and to mitigate those circumstances. Their job was, one, to determine who took this information and to plant data to fit a narrative that they all want to agree with. It would be horrible for someone to think that people within our country, people within Hillary Clinton's campaign, saw what her campaign manager Podesta was doing and said, this is disgusting. No, that can't happen. No, right? That would never happen. That would never happen if some individual who went to D.C. because they believed in the United States of America, they believed in democracy, discovers nefarious activities, it's very difficult for someone to believe that they would frame, they would get any ounce of information. I'll tell you what, if I was in Hillary Clinton's campaign, and if I was a staffer that saw funny business that undermined my democracy, you better believe that I would get every ounce of information and whistleblow. But the thing is, the people that got this information, just like many of us out there have information, know 
that you can't take it to the FBI because they're corrupt. You can't take it to the intelligence community because they're part of it. So what do you do? You go to places like the ICIJ, right? That's where the Panama Papers were released. Or WikiLeaks. Because they verify the information you provide that it is factual, that it is real, that it is not manufactured. So you tell me, if you were working in Washington, D.C., and you saw things that were disgusting, that were inhumane, you wouldn't report it? You wouldn't try to find a way for the people to see it? Or if you see that ballots were being disposed of and Bernie Sanders really did win and she didn't, and you saw that and you were upset because your democracy was undermined, you wouldn't get the inf- any information you can? Really? This is what whistleblowers do. They open their mouth and talk when something is just super wrong and shouldn't be happening. So think about it. Do you think it was just Seth Rich? No. It could be you that's listening to me now. It could be me. Could be anyone that finds information that has to be made public. I mean, look at Jenny Moore. She had solid information and witnesses to put the Clintons down for a good long time for their pedo trafficking network and their pedo parties. And look what happened to her. Think about it. If you were in the position of any American and saw these atrocities, saw pool parties with children in them, saw dinners that were weird, saw buying ballots, saw tapping, wiretapping, saw all these things, you think that they wouldn't try to get anything they could get their hands on, hopefully undetected? Of course they would. Of course they would. Having said that, let's parse through the indictment together. So the ground, the grand jury decided to indict him on uh, specific charges. So we'll just go straight to what he says are the uh, charges. So I'll just scroll down. I can um, shoot this page out if you guys want. So Stones, um, does it start there? Let's see. Let's see. Where does it start? So starting early August 16. Okay, so that's where he's talking. And they're giving a prelude. And then we start. Okay, Stones, false testimony to the to the house, right? So it says that in or or around May 2017, so wait a minute, they sent him a letter, but they don't know the exact date. Okay. Uh, Requesting Stone to voluntarily appear before the committee and produce any documents, records, electronically stored information, just everything. Um, Recordings, graph charts, widely available articles that reasonably could lead to the discovery of any facts within the investigation's publicly announced parameters. So first... If the house sends you a letter, there's a date. That's number one. There's a date on the letter. Whatever letter you get, there's a date. So the first red flag for me is, why don't they put the date? Why is it in or around May 2017? Why don't they put the date? That's because they may have a lost 
or miscoordinated information, or I can make it more clear. This was Mueller's people asking the House to submit these questions, so they weren't sure what date to put on. This is question number one, so let's just parse it out. So they asked him for any information in regards to the parameters, the scope of their investigation. So so what is the scope of the Mueller investigation to prove if there was any Russia collusion, right? So on May 22nd, here's where we get specific, caused a letter to be submitted stating that Mr. Stone has no documents, records, or electronically stored information, regardless of form other than those widely available that reasonably could lead to the discovery of any facts within the investigations publicly announced. So he responds on the 22nd of May of 2017 and says, hey, I got no emails, no phone calls, no letters to, to help you with anything with Russia collusion. Sorry. So then on the 26th, uh, he was asked to testify, and he did in at the House, and he spoke uh, about um, in regards to the committee's ongoing investigation, right? So in his opening statement, this is what Stone said. These hearings are largely based on a yet unproven allegation that the Russian state is responsible for the hacking of the DNC and the Clinton campaign chairman, Podesta. And the transfer of that information to Organization One, which is WikiLeaks. Stone further stated, members of this committee had made certain assertions against me, which must be rebutted here today. Which included the charge that I knew in advance about or predicted the hacking of the Clinton campaign chairman's email. And that I have had advanced knowledge of the source or actual contact content of the WikiLeaks disclosures regarding Hillary Clinton. So listen to what that is telling you. Listen to this indictment. They were trying to say that he colluded with someone or someones to hack the DNC server and Podesta's emails. This is what they are saying. So they're alleging that he did this, that he knew that they were going to do it, that it was premeditated, right? And that he knew who the source was that distributed it to WikiLeaks, okay? Keep in mind, we can all squash this with Julian Assange, but let's not get into that. Because Julian Assange said it many times, Russia did not provide the emails. Yet, you know, uh, you know, Mueller can't pull Roger Stone in if he doesn't file a bogus recommendation for prosecution for Russians that he sent to a division to die, just to make it, record, public record, and and then thus consider it fact. This is how corrupt people work. They file a load of BS in the courts and cite it and say, oh, look, that's circular reporting, but using the court to do it. This is a huge miscarriage of justice, a huge misuse of any office. So now they're saying that he knew who was going to hack it, how they were going to hack it, and that it was planned. And not only that, he knows the source. But the thing is, the evidence they have doesn't say that. So how is this sticking? So in the course of his testimony, they say, Stone made deliberately false statements. Which one was the deliberately false statements? He says, among other things, his possession of documents pertinent to the committee's investigation, that he had them, 
the source of his early August 2016 statements about WikiLeaks, requests he made for information from the head of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, his communication with his identified intermediary, which is Jerome Corsi, and his communications with the Trump campaign about WikiLeaks. Wow, sounds super fancy, sounds super BS though, because when you parse it out of legalese and translate it into English, it says, well, you know, he had documents that we were referring to. What did he have? He had access to the WikiLeaks drops, meaning the files that were going to be dropped to WikiLeaks, were going to be dropped to WikiLeaks. And there's a lot of us that had access to that before WikiLeaks did. So let's continue. Then they say, that he, 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 um, made statements about WikiLeaks to someone else, which he did. And Jerome Corsi always, you know, applauded the fact that he had direct access to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. So he used him and said, Hey, yo, I found this and someone sent me this and it links up to a bunch of information about Clinton, about Podesta. And it's really creepy. Um, anyway, you could figure out cause word on the street is, is that WikiLeaks has this. Can you confirm that? And so he's friends with President Trump, right? So let's pretend you're my friend and you're running for office because no, you know what? Let's not use hypothetical situations. We're going to use a real one. My friend is going to be running for office soon. I know the two opponents are going to be running for the seat. I have a bunch of damaging information. Do you think I will not give that to my friend? Of course I will. That's considered opposition research, especially when crimes are involved. I think the public ought to know about it. And why not tell my friend so they know who they're really up against? So this isn't illegal to go to your friend and say, yo, I got this link and it linked me up to this 4chan board that had like a bunch of data and all these crazy emails. And, um, you know, they're saying that. They're sending it to WikiLeaks to drop this, to make it public, because obviously, uh, you know, this is super secret. You have to have like this and you have to have a certain code and, you know, they're talking, they've got audio, they got video and it's like super top secret. Can you figure out, um, you know, what's going on? Can you help? Uh, can you hook up with Assange and see if he's really, if he has them or if he's getting them or something? Because you're my friend and you have access to him, right? Totally normal. So this is 2017, right? We're talking testimony 2017. And he gets with his buddy in 2016 and kind of asks. Buddy, of course, likes, you know, publicity, likes, you know, to be in the know. And there's a lot of us that like to be in the know and be like, hey, I got connections with so-and-so. You know, it's kind of like a locker room talk, but for people that are well-networked. So it shows that Roger Stone sent an email to Jerome Corsi on July 25th that in part read, hey, get to WikiLeaks, uh, get to Assange at the Ecuadorian embassy in London and get the, the pending WikiLeaks emails. They deal with the foundation allegedly. So he wanted to see if he can get them verified from Assange. Are they real? Because just because something's on the internet doesn't mean it's real. He was doing his due diligence. He's not going to tell his buddy, yo, this is ironclad. And then his buddy looks like an idiot, right? You're not going to do that. You're going to have it substantiated. You're going to have it vetted. And he already knew because a lot of us already knew that this was going through WikiLeaks because discussions ensued of how do we get this information out? How do we get this information out that no one can dispute? 
the news aren't going to report it because they're in the back pocket. I mean, the emails show it themselves that they're all paid placement. So the news aren't going to report it. The FBI is corrupt because they're part of it. The CIA is corrupt because they're part of it. So how do we do this? That is the question. So obviously you get with your friend that knows him. I need that verification. So on July 31st, and remember, during that time in July, right, where the FBI was scrambling to create this Russian narrative, where Peter Strzok had already begun uh, working with Fusion GPS, working with the Treasury, where um, Perkins Coy, who holds money for Obama and the DNC, was paying for Fusion GPS. So this whole Russia narrative was being born at that time. He said to an associate of Jerome Corsi, that he should see Julian Assange, okay, in an email. Yeah, he should see Julian Assange about it. Why not? I would do the same thing. How is that a crime? And it's nothing to do with your scope. So I don't see how Roger Stone lied. How did he lie? Tell me, how did he lie? Because WikiLeaks email was not part of his scope. His scope was Russia collusion. And the only thing, the only thing that can even entertain the idea that, oh, this was all part of Russia collusion, this whole stealing of emails, but yet no one's investigating these crazy emails. No one's talking about them. All these crimes that are literally transcribed in these emails, no one's talking about it. What they're interested in is who got them. You know, one of them's already dead. Because there's a lot of people. There's so many cyber soldiers. So this is an issue. So they're trying to say that because Roger Stone, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) didn't talk about these emails, that he committed a crime. And it's like, but these emails have nothing to do with Russia because they're not from Russia. Because he knows they're not from Russia. Because he knows exactly where they came. And if someone asked me, I'd be like, hey, I saw them before WikiLeaks. They were on a site, you know. Uh, hey, uh, it wasn't Russian. And how many other thousands upon thousands of people would say the same thing? Tons of you. Some of you listening now, some of you quiet. Tons. So in that essence, there's going to be a lot of Americans wrapped up for not what? Speaking up? Is that what they're saying? So all they're doing is in a panic trying to tie this hack to Russia and using this as an excuse. So another email from Jerome Corsi to Roger Stone on the 2nd of August said in part, word is friend in embassy plans two more dumps, one shortly after I'm back, second in October, impact plan to be damaging. So uh, Jerome Corsi met up uh, or communicated with WikiLeaks and was advised that they're going to be dropping Moabs. They're going to be dropping a lot of this information. So that happened, right? Why not? And this is where, you know, me, if I was Roger Stone, I'd be like, all right, so this dropped and there's going to be a lot more. So there's going to be like an October surprise. There's a lot more coming. um, And that's been verified by WikiLeaks because you trust your friend, right? You trust them. So on October 3rd, 2016, uh, to the supporter involved with the Trump campaign, wait, the email from Stone on or about October 3rd to the supporter involved uh, with the Trump campaign, which read in part, spoke to my friend in London last night. The payload is still coming. So, okay, so someone that's a Trump supporter 
contacted Roger Stone. They've left this gentleman out, obviously not a person of interest or this woman who communicated and said there's still more coming, meaning that there's more emails. And then the emails on or about October 4th between Stone and a high-ranking member of the Trump campaign, including Stone's statement that WikiLeaks would release a load every week going forward. So, okay, so WikiLeaks, who did not get this information from Russia, therefore is not part of Russia collusion, uh, was going to be dropping all this information about Hillary Clinton, Podesta, Obama, everything. And for that reason, he's lying. No, your scope was specific. It has to do with Russia. None of this had to do with Russia. You're saying it had to do with Russia because that's what Fusion GPS said that Hillary Clinton paid for. That was not even authorized by the FBI to conduct such mitigating investigations. Yes, they had no contract. So it's invalid, void in the eyes of the law. Yet for some reason, Mueller considers it legit. Of course he would. And then he says that by falsely claiming that he had no emails or text messages in his possession that referred to Julian Assange, uh, Stone avoided providing um, a basis for the House to subpoena records in his possession that could have shown that other aspects of his testimony were false and misleading. So what he's saying is he didn't he that he said that he had no emails or text messages that referred to Julian Assange. Now, I don't remember that being part of the Russia scope. So uh, he didn't claim. He just said it's not part of the scope. Uh, Roger Stone is a very smart man. So maybe we need to get a transcript of this house testimony. Because if I was Roger Stone, that's what I would do. And see where it is that I specifically said, yeah, I don't have any emails about Julian Assange. Unless the question was, do you have emails uh, with Jul- uh, talking about Julian Assange and the Russians that gave him emails? And he'd be like, no, I have no emails like that. Which is 100% true. So then they said that he did false and misleading testimony about his early August 2016 statements. And so his testimony in 2017, he was asked to explain his statement from August 2016 about being in contact with Julian Assange. Stone was specifically asked about his statement on or about August 8th, 2016, that I've actually communicated with Julian Assange, as well as his statement on or about August 12th that he was in communication with Julian Assange, which he wasn't in direct communication. Remember, Corsi was the intermediary, but was not at liberty to discuss what I had. And he's right because that had nothing to do with Russia collusion. So furthermore, they say that responded to public references to having means of contacting the organization. And, um, he's, he also said that he referred exclusively to his contact with the journalist who stone described as a go between as intermediary, as a mutual friend of WikiLeaks of Julian Assange, which is Jerome Corsi. So he asked his intermediary, which is true, to confirm what Julian Assange had tweeted himself on July 21st, that he had the Clinton emails and that he would publish them. Stone further stated that the intermediary was someone he knew and interviewed the head that, that, you know, interviewed Julian Assange. 
So what is what is going on here? This is all BS, guys. I'm 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 translating from legalese, right? I'm just translating. And on October 13th, Stone sent a letter to the House that identified person two by name, which is Jerome Corsi, the gentleman who confirmed for Mr. Stone that the head of Organization One had emails related to Hillary Clinton, which are pending publication, which is correct. Again, nothing to do with Russia collusion. Let's just repeat this. Nothing to do. He did not lie because he didn't answer any questions and was not supposed to provide any information since the emails never came from Russians. That's the bottom line. I mean, we could just go through this whole thing and see what he's saying, but it's it's pretty ridiculous. I Because, hey, I'm almost at the top of the hour already. So, um... I want to skip to conversations between uh, Corsi and um, Stone. So uh, there was communication um, between uh, Corsi to testify falsely, supposedly, and that, um, you know, Corsi was identified as the intermediary uh, intermediary person, but couldn't remember what he had told um, Roger Stone. Right. So here's where Jerome Corsley started to fumble. So what did they do? They started to probe into Corsi and found something damning, which all many of us know what it is. And so he's got a skeleton there and they've got him by the cojones. So he invoked his Fifth Amendment right for incrimination. Now, on November 19, 2017, in a text message to Stone, Corsi said his lawyer wanted to see him. Stone responded, Stone Wallet, plead the fifth, anything to save the plan. Richard Nixon. On or about November 20th, person two, Jerome Corsi, informed the House that he declined the House's request for a voluntary interview. And then on the 21st of November, Corsi texted Stone, I was told that the House committee lawyer told my lawyer that I will get, be getting a subpoena. So Stone told him that was the point at which your lawyer should have told them you would assert your Fifth Amendment rights if compelled to appear. That's what he should have done. On the 28th, Corsi received the subpoena and Corsi informed Stone of the subpoena. And then it goes on and on and we'll pick that up after the break. But just so you guys see anything to save the plan. And this is when Q moved to 8chan because 4chan was infiltrated and I can almost guarantee you Jerome Corsi had something to do about that extend the Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic 
Unfiltered News. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Tory Says Show. Today is Friday, January 25th, 2019, and we have some announcements that are being made. The minute I see them live, I will be streaming it, too, through uh, your airways. I just wanted to tell everyone that I updated something that I missed on my article so you can reread it in regards to the Stone indictment. But also, if you're following me on Twitter uh, and you get on my page um, at T-O-R-E underscore S-A-Y-S. You will see that I have pinned to the top my article, but I'd like you to go to the comments because I've put a snippet of the indictment that is the proof of is (laughs) the proof is in the pudding. So you can understand exactly what Mueller is after. Now, it is being reported that uh, there's a deal coming up to temporarily fund uh, the government. There's, um, it's just been uh, put out. Haley Kennington, that um, is a great reporter, sent it out to me uh, that it was reported that source, a shutdown agreement reached, announcement set for 1 p.m., government to reopen temporarily. Which is confusing, but considering that they threw this Roger Stone thing in, I think he's taking it in another direction. I mean, he's already fired people. He's going to reopen the government temporarily. So he did his first round of firings, maybe. But it could be that the national security could be shut down when the caravan's coming. Remember, there's another caravan coming, right? So that'll be interesting. It's um, pretty incredible how he diverted from his original plan. And we don't know how this is going to go. I'm waiting to see what this whole um, agreement is and how much money we got. I know that we were asking for seven, uh, about uh, over $7 billion. Uh, that's what was being drafted. Um, so it's... um stated that this agreement has been reached and it's a uh, temporary funding of the government. So that's curious. I mean, why temporary, not full? So I'm going to wait for the president to tell us why, because he always tells us everything. And remember, it is in the details that we find exactly what he's talking about, um, which we will get to. He talked about Michael D'Antonio. I think it's time we talk about him, too. Um, I'm being distracted because I have a lot of texts coming in uh, from fans and also from sources. And, you know, my comment was, WTF, what agreement? So which one of many? Is it the one that Jared Kushner um, put forward? Which one is it? Which would give us $25 million for border security? Uh, we don't know. Until that comes out from our president, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, wait for some uh, public announcement, so that way we can report on it. In the meantime, I'd like to talk about um, his tweet. A third-rate con man who interviewed me many years ago for just a short period of time, has been playing his biggest con of all on fake news CNN. 
Michael D'Antonio, a broken down hack who knows nothing about me, goes on night after night telling made up Trump stories. Disgraceful. You know, if CNN wanted to know who Donald Trump is, they would probably, you know, um, interview people like Gene Ho, who was his personal photographer throughout the campaign. And interview random citizens that have had encounters with Donald Trump. I mean, I could tell you a story of my first encounter with him. Um, I don't know if I've, if I've ever told you guys this story on air, but I'll say it anyway so we can have some real stories of Donald Trump out there. Um, I was a kid. I was um, right outside Madison Square Garden with my dad. Um, we were heading down to his um, office slash factory. My dad was a furrier. He made furs. And, um, as we come up to the corner to cross the street, so I've got the entrance to Madison square garden to my back. I saw a really, uh, like a homeless man, like, um, but super homeless. And I know that sounds really weird. Like either they're homeless or they're not. But for me as a child, uh, seeing him, uh, he had garbage bags with things in it. He had like a shopping cart. It was like, um, Rite Aid shopping cart, I think. Um, I, I remember the way he smelled, which was pee. He had like a beard that was dirty and crusty. His nails were thick, which now I know um, mean that he had some form of emphysema. They were yellow, so obviously he was a, you know, smoker. Um, he looked really dirty, and I felt so bad. I ran to him to ask him why. And he said he lost his job and then he did some bad choices. And I'm sitting there talking to this strange man, right? But this is how I went to talk to him. My dad waved across the street to his friend that we were meeting up with. And I saw him and literally ran to the guy, like to the left of my dad, like in the direction we were going, he was going straight. I just turned left and I ran through a group of three men. One of those three men was Donald Trump. And they were drinking coffee. Um, one of them had coffee. Uh, I spilled it on them because I literally busted through them. I, I wasn't nice. I mean, I just ran through because I wanted to go. So I had this conversation, short conversation with that man. And from what I gather, my dad was there apologizing, saying he would take on the cleaning bill, that his factory was right there. And, you know, we lived right here and, you know, here's my card and let's, you know, I could see them talking and they were like, Oh, you know, whatever. And he was, you know, and it's like, nobody cared where I was. I was just sitting there talking to the homeless guy. If you think about it, but you know, it's, it's the 80s, right? It wasn't that crazy back then. Or it wasn't something that we knew about. We weren't aware of the dangers of children just roaming around. Um, but I wasn't really far anyway. And so um, uh, I go to my dad and I totally ignore the men that I've just spilled coffee all over. And as I'm facing my father, I have two guys flanking me to my right behind me, right? My back to them. And Donald Trump literally flanked to my left, like kind of in between me and my father, but facing towards Madison Square Garden. So you get an idea. And I'm like, okay, dad, I need your business card. He's like, no, here's $5. You know, he was like, listen, you have to. And I was like, no, I don't want money. I want you to give me your business card so the guy can come and work. Because if we give him $5 today, he's going to eat it. He's going to use it or get whatever. And then tomorrow he's going to be hungry again. So this way you can give him a job. I mean, he could like clean the furs or do something like, I, I don't even remember the whole conversation, but the conversation was he should get a job. And I took it. And that is where, um, you know, Donald Trump kind of like looked down and he's like, that's a smart kid. So instead of, you know, um, giving him money, you want to give him a job. And I was like, well, th that's, 
that's the way it works. You know, you get money if you work and the more you work, the more money you make. And if I give him $5, she's not going to have $5 tomorrow. And he goes, when you grow up, come and find me. You, I want to hire you. <laughs> so that was my first encounter uh, with our president. And that is a real encounter. Unlike uh, Michael D'Antonio, that um, creates narratives or feeds into narratives that CNN want to post on there. And remember, this is the guy that advocated, that advocates for two contrary things. So he's advocated for the baby doe uh, law. Do you know what that law is? So baby doe was a case back in the 80s where there was a baby that was born with Down syndrome and uh, had a physical defect that needed to be rectified because if it wasn't rectified uh, because of, um, I think it was like in her throat, um, uh, the, well, the, the, the boy's th throat or the girl's throat, I don't remember. But anyway, the throat had an issue. They needed to do surgery and the parents were like, no, we're not going to do it because you know, the child is already handicapped and if it wasn't meant to be, allow the child to die on its own. And the parents chose for nature to take its course and um, not intervene. And this is where he advocated, he wrote about it. Um, and uh, that's when the Surgeon General stepped in. Think, let's, let's get back to abortion, right? But think, they advocated for children that are mentally and physically hindered uh, to have the right and overrule the parents to um, give them life and make, make sure they're alive and make sure that they function, right? Um, so basically, uh, they advocated that the baby, um, that if she was born uh, with, a, if babies were born with um, disabilities, uh, the parents and the doctors deciding not to do surgery with a birth defect was an issue. And this is where they put their foot down and said that parents um, don't have to consent. We do the best for the child or just that's it. But then on the other hand, it's 2019 and they all advocate for two different things. Now they advocate for euthanasia because Michael D'Antonio has chimed in on this where you should have the right to die and we should have the right to put humans down. You know, this is a big conversation that people aren't having. We should talk about that one day. And, um, also, uh, we have, um, them talking about pro-choice, which is, you know, if a child is going to be born in three minutes, if you, abort it or dismember it or kill it a minute before it's born, it's legal. So th this is a hot mess. And, you know, I don't trust Michael D'Antonio as far as I can throw him because he says things that um, may not, uh, no, that is not true. He, it's outlandish, um, exaggerated, but you know, to be honest, right? When you... So not for him, but in general, the rule of thumb is, is if you want to get information out and you want to obfuscate, uh, where your source is from or what you really are pointing out, you add things to embellish in order to conceal. And those that are supposed to be seeing it can see it. Make sense? Well, for Michael D'Antonio, you know, he has one ounce truth, but he embellishes not for the purpose of conveying a truthful message, but for the purpose of conveying a false message. Mm. 
I'm very sketchy on this because I have to be very careful how I word it. But um, doing my homework in Tim, he looks like a sleazeball. He's an author. He writes uh, a lot of different things. And um, for my president to call him out means that we need to start taking a look into who this guy is. Definitely. So when do you, what do you think? Let's think about this. What do you think our president has agreed on? I think, well, first of all, we've got the pink slips out. Ross has already verified that. Um, and you know how people know that they're getting fired? Here's the cool part. Some people that were furloughed actually went to banks to get federally backed loans. And so they have to apply and then it gets approved, right? And some of them are 0% interest rate, but some people were denied the federal backing part, which means they knew they were getting fired, um, which is interesting. So we got our pink slips and now we want the wall and he is not calling a national emergency or is he? They say that an agreement has been reached but can we really trust what the media says? And this is a question that I've posed to you many times and I pose to myself is unless you know the source, I wouldn't, you know, that it came directly from it. I wouldn't trust it. I would suggest we wait and see what our president says. They said the announcement was going to be at one. It's already 20 minutes past one. Um, I haven't seen my president tweet about it. He would have. And um, it's important that people uh, understand what fake news is. And I think this would be great. You know, could you imagine if this was actually leaked and people reported it? But in the end, it's like national emergency. That would be hilarious. And I would totally revel in that and enjoy it personally. So what we know about this wall is that the Democrats don't want it. And it's not because it offers us security, because their priorities should be our security, us being safe, our um, uh, drugs being off the street, children not being trafficked. It's political, you guys. Because if you noticed, President Trump swallowed a very big pill by saying, all right, Nancy Pelosi, I won't do the State of the Union now. I'll do it when the government is open. So what if he opens it to do the State of the Union and then declare a national emergency? That would be the best move, and I would totally go for it, completely. I would be like, yay, because, see, this is, an, uh, this is a chance to say, yeah, you won, but I won better because I got what I wanted. I did my State of the Union at the House. I opened up the government, and guess what I'm doing? The minute the State of the Union is over, it's like national emergency, government shutdown. Thank you. That would be the best thing ever. And you know what? Could be that plan, too. I mean, what are they going to do between Friday and Tuesday with money? I don't know. What are they going to do? That'll be interesting. I mean, I'm kind of excited about that. Because it dawned on me, you know, sometimes you have to think outside the box a little bit to understand. And I know a lot of people are like, why do we get an agreement? Just don't yield. But one thing that I did stay firm and obviously the president, um, saw the same merit is do not waver. Do not move your rally outside. Do not move your state of the union outside of DC. The house is historic. Do not let them change traditions. This is what totalitarians do, right? You do not change traditions. 
And so he stuck by that. And she said, well, when the government opens, we can decide on a date or, you know, you have to open up the government. So what if he opens up the government today and says, all right, Nancy, you win. I opened up the government and I didn't get funding for my wall. Can we have the state of the union? Cause I already planned it and we have guests and all this stuff. And you know why uh, they're a little bit hesitant. So I was looking at the Congress voting rolls of who's voting and who's not. Uh, and I noticed two people that seem to be tweeting like they're in Washington, D.C., right? So it's this crazy, crazy Frederica Wilson, you know, the, the chick with the cowboy hat, the one that got the note, right, in the courtroom, you know, during the Kavanaugh hearing, some, you know, cash was slipped or... Some letter was slipped, I think. Um, and uh, Donald Payne Jr., he is the congressman out of New Jersey, super corrupt and looks creepy. And he covers Newark, the most corrupt area of New Jersey. So these two have not voted on anything for over 10 sessions. And it strikes me odd how, you know, I called each of their offices and asked, hey, um, do you know where um, Congressman Payne is? And they're like, oh, he's in D.C. Well, then why isn't he voting? He hasn't voted anything that's, you know, pro the Democratic agenda or, you know, nothing. Nothing that they want, nothing that the president wants. He's just not voting. Is there a reason? And so I got an email and I sent it and they said, um, no, he's here working. He just hasn't been able to get around to vote. What? Uh, Frederica Wilson's people obviously failed to comment, but for some reason she's still tweeting pictures from yesteryear, right? Um, from days and weeks and months ago, like she's in DC right now. So something is up. And Kellyanne Conway said exactly what I've been saying. The reason they don't want the state of the union is because they don't want people asking questions about the empty seats. And you know, what'll be funny. What if he opens up and temporarily opens up the government to fund it, doesn't get money for his wall. Nancy Pelosi agrees to the State of the Union because, you know, uh, we've already planned this out. So, um, you know, why not do it? And then suddenly, you know, they pull the plug on Ruth to delay it. That can't be a coincidence, right? And that's what I'm thinking. I mean, they're driving this Russian narrative. They're pushing this collusion, this BS indictment over Roger Stone. And I expect, well, I will actually demand that our Attorney General, Whitaker, right now, and hopefully permanently, uh, will sue on behalf of the people of America for the liability and the excessive tax dollars that have been spent just on Roger Stone. Because this is a witch hunt, and we are flipping the bill for it. Like, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay for you to destroy and crush a person's character. Did you guys hear his speech? There were insane liberals. Lock him up. Don't give him a platform. It's like even the news reporters for CNN were like, shut up already. We need to see what he's saying. These people are unhinged. They don't care. Nowhere in that document does it state that he worked with the Russians. There's no Russia collusion, yet they're all foaming at the mouth because they don't care about Russia. They want to know what the president knows. And the president has to know what Q knows. And who is Q? 
and we've said it many, many times, anything to save this plant, anything. And this is something that they even put in the indictment. They can't hide it. Signaling to those that are batting for their team, that are part of their team, that they got the goods and we don't know what goods they have. You know, we, you know, we could be bluffing. We could have nothing. They don't know that. They don't know that because we're 20 million steps ahead. They don't know how we discovered that they slotted in Cohen. They don't know how we discovered that he was getting paid by Podesta and working for the Podesta brothers. Well, you know, their investigation showed it anyway, but they don't know. They don't know how we know everything. And it's again, you have hundreds of thousands of people globally. And my argument that I made yesterday in regards to the smart wall, right? Because they're saying, we want a smart wall, but they can't define it. They're talking about using drones and technology. The thing about technology is, is that it's there to serve us and make things easier for us. But the sweet spot is, is that you can't challenge humans. Because humans will always find a way to bypass technology because we created it. So technology can be manipulated no matter how much you think it's ironclad to work for us, to work for the good guys, to let us do what's right. So it's important for them right now to find out how much we bypassed, how much we have and how many years we've had it because they listen to us as much as we speak. I'm pretty sure one of those corrupt clowns is listening to me now and Everyone else that's talking and everyone else that's tweeting and Facebook and this. I mean, they've infiltrated all the Chan boards, all the other forums that we have on the onions, everything. They've, they're on it, under net. They're there. And they're listening. And you know what they're doing? Peeing their pants. Because they're thinking, how long has this been going on and we didn't know? They suckered us. They've probably collected so much information that we are done. So they need to know how far back this goes. So they need to know how many documents they need to alter, how much evidence they need to destroy. I mean, maybe they could just light a fire, right? Clinton did it at her compound when she needed to destroy things. Look at, you know, Comet Ping Pong fire. Would it be so weird to think that maybe the presidential archives may have a fire that may kill their servers, that may delete a lot of Barack Obama's original information or his communications? You know, I'm just saying. These are things that are very well planned. So how far back do they need to go? I mean, they know they've got things on Uranium One, but geez, now 9-11 is coming. So they got something. And I said it before, I've seen it. There's a section, the section that Mueller and Comey fought about surveillance that has unequivocal, you can't even dispute it, refute it, or anything, evidence that they intercepted communications of our senators, congressmen, CIA, any intelligence agency under the sun, and FBI who were in on 9-11. They've intercepted those communications, and it's a whole section. And this is why it's coming back 
out into the public. That's how far back they go, or do they need to go even further? That is the question. They have no idea what we have, and that means our the ball has always been in our court, and they are literally in panic. And Mueller, being the fixer, is failing miserably. Because what he doesn't understand is the very people surrounding him, the very people he tasks to investigate things are the very people that are documenting and reporting back to Q. And Q, I'm just saying Q is because that's their fixation. They're focused on that. They're really focused on that. And Q isn't one person. It's many people. Many people. Because everyone is joining in on fighting for their country, their liberty, their freedom, because that is our innate right as human beings. So what do we do? We just wait and see how this is going to pan out because Roger Stone has done nothing wrong. All he has is the keys to the kingdom, possibly, maybe, and I highly, I'm going to take that back. He has the keys to the kingdom. So Mueller wants to entrap him to provide a name, the source. He said it. He didn't give us the source where WikiLeaks got it. Well, it's none of your business, Mueller, because it's not about Russia. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 72978 Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow.
flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com All right, everyone. Uh, the president is at least four minutes late for his announcement. I will be uh, putting it live on air. Like I said, we wait for him to tell us what is going on. And um, isn't it curious? Let's just think about this for a second. Isn't it curious that on uh, weeks that drag and drag, they're full of news, right? Because it was all about Pelosi week. And this week moved pri- very, very quickly to parse the news from the week before. So like every Friday, I make a prediction for next week. The State of the Union will be top of the agenda. We will be focusing on Ruth, and we will be focusing on the wall um, and all these pink slips. So uh, this will be quite interesting to see. Um, hopefully the mainstream media will be reporting real news um, from actual people uh, that have been fired and possibly even saying that, uh, you know, they can stream it in one way and say, oh, he did this on purpose to fire people. Because um, as of yesterday, it was the 22nd discontinuous workday. And so he fulfilled both requirements, so they can't fight over it. The 30th calendar day was a Sunday and the 22nd discontinuous workday was yesterday. So maybe he fulfilled all of them. Uh, so that way, the ones that were done already, uh, you know, don't have much merit to complain. But when the mass one comes out, maybe he wants them to start debating and showing their true colors on how they question laws that have been written for a while in regards to reduction in force. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting. I want to see if he calls Pelosi out and says, all right, I opened up the government now. So, uh, you know, uh, let's get this state of the union going, or he might even say national emergency. Boom. So we just wait for our president to come out and tell us. We cannot trust the media. The only thing we could do is listen to what he says because he has never said anything that he doesn't want us paying attention to or um, steered us away from his agenda. He is very direct, and this is why the news should come from him Uh, because, as we know, the media is all paid placement. You can't trust them. So it'll be fun to see it. He's very late for his uh, announcement. Uh, it's unlike him because, you know, Donald Trump is actually a very prompt man. So it could be that he's flipping the script, which will be incredible. So I'm pretty excited uh, to see what's going on and um, what's happening. Uh, the They're reporting that there's no wall funds in the shutdown, which means that... Um, 
maybe that is what he's doing. Maybe he's like, all right, I didn't get any wall funds. I opened up the government now and uh, let's do the State of the Union. And then he shuts it down right after the State of the Union, which would be hilarious. Um, And it would be the best way of saying, okay, you won, but I won bigger. Um, Because, you know, when he uh, swallowed that pill and said, all right, Nancy, you win. We'll do it whenever the government is open, just like you said. You know, and they said that was a Pelosi win and they took a victory lap. You know, (laughs) maybe he's just going to do that because that's our president. He says, all right, I'll play because this is all a game. You guys don't get it. But the thing is, it's an evil game. We have people that want to get to us and he's standing in the way. And he has negotiated deals like you would never see. He is a man that had a huge empire just like many others and um, pretty much had a very favorable way of processing things. I mean, he's pretty smart. So, I mean, I'd love to hear from you guys, but um, I turned off the phone line in order to make sure that the streaming comes through when he's on and if he's on, um, cause he's super late. So <laughs> I'm hoping that all of you are excited as I am. Uh, next week we are going to have a lot of talk of the state of the union. We're going to be revisiting Ruth, uh, because if the state of the union is to happen and she can't be there, we need to delay it because we have Democrats that have been indicted and namely, um, I believe it's Payne and uh, Frederica Wilson uh, because they're nowhere to be found and no one can contact them. Uh, so it'll be quite uh, planned out. And you know what? Since they're listening to us, guys, don't you think that they would not do what we say they're going to be doing? I mean, could it be that we're now driving the news? Like I've said before, that we're the news, that we're telling them, hey, we know you're going to do this. And if you do this, we're going to make noise. But, you know, on the other hand, they're so up, I would say, so into themselves owning the mainstream media that they believe since they've silenced the majority of our platforms and um, can throttle our platforms that it won't be a big deal. But we do have a president who retweets and listens to everything we say, reads everything we write about, and appreciates every single bit of information that we can provide them. So... Oh, I'm really hoping that he flips the script. You know, in a way, I really want him to just come out and say, national emergency, everything's, you know, done, blah. But on the other hand, I want him to say, well, I didn't get any wall funds. We're going to work on that. And I think, you know, in good faith, I should just open up the government and that, that we'll figure it out. And that way they can have a whole weekend of partying and that they give him the State of the Union and he swallowed a pill in front of the whole world. And then he comes back on the day of the State of the Union. He finishes and he's like, and for that reason, I'm declaring a national emergency today. Like he closes the State of the Union of saying how great you know we are economically how great this how great that but our security is super bad and for that reason i'm shutting it down that would be epic that would be super epic so i'm kind of hoping that instead of him 
doing what I predicted he would do, which was call the national, um, you know, emergency this week that he holds off and, and drops the mic at the state of the union. Um, if Nancy Pelosi would honor it because he could say, listen, uh, we should have the state of the union. We should open up the government. I will, you know, uh, take a step back and let them take this as a win. I don't care. Uh, they're kind of stomping their feet. Uh, people don't have money. They're going to food banks and you know, I want to help my people because they work for me. So I'll just do this. All right, Nancy. So let's get the state of the union going and we'll discuss the border wall. We'll find alternative stuff. There's other stuff on the table and that's Ted's Ted Cruz's stuff, you know, the one that will use drug money and stuff like that. Um, and then he has the State of the Union on Tuesday, and then he shuts it down right there at the State of the Union, which would be historical and the biggest troll. That would be like super expert comeback. So, I mean, think about it. Would he be capable of doing it? Of course he would. Will he do it? Oh, I really hope. Because <laughs> cause that would be all of... The Democrats, they may, that may not appear because they might boycott it anyway, right? Because <clears throat> we can't have the people seeing how many empty seats there are because then people get curious. Hey, he phoned in his vote or, you know, where is he or where is she? Uh, so I'm kind of on that. I'm like, are you guys for that? I hope you are. Uh, I hope you're for our president not taking any wall funds, just opening up the government and saying, hey, I did this, so now I need the State of the Union on Tuesday because we've planned this. And then at the State of the Union, closing our <laughs> closing statement would be, even though our economy is booming, even though our security lacks, and for that reason, we're shutting down the border. This is a national emergency. That would be epic. I mean, I could just picture it now. I, I even think that people would be setting off fireworks if he did it. Like I would. I think I still have some left over from July 4th. I would totally drop a firework and stream that live on Twitter if he did that. Um, because that is incredible if he would do it. And I mean, maybe it's just wishful thinking, right? But uh, it would be quite a feat to see him do. So if there's no wall funds, I expect that... Um, he will do something even grander. So here's something curious that is coming up that there's flight delays. Remember, we talked about TSA, right? Coming in because of the shutdown. Now, remember with TSA, I've, I've, I've talked about this before, that the people that TSA has furloughed are the people that are not full-time employees, but contractors through a third party, right? Like a vendor that's a contracting vendor. And, you know, they, they, they don't get back pay, but I guess the government may work with the vendor to do something in that nature. But, um, even crazy Ocasio was like, Oh my gosh, LaGuardia airport, they're all grounded. And I'm thinking, you know, our security at our airports is always high, but there are many ways to circumvent it. And because the threat of an attack on U.S. soil is greater today than it was yesterday, especially with our move with Venezuela, especially with the fact that we're uh, increasing relations with the Far East and Russia, and um, coupled with the, the that the European Union is collapsing completely, uh, the threat is on the rise. And shutting down the airport may not be due to the government funding and may be something else more sinister. 
um, I wrote an article yesterday on how ISIS is recruiting refugees that have been naturalized here. And supposedly these refugees are from Kenya. Um, but keep in mind, all of, most of these refugees come through programs with Lutheran social services. And um, they don't check the validity of their identities or their ages. And the curious thing is, is that all of these supposed Kenyans have Somali names. And so they were arrested because one of them was flying out to Mogadishu uh, to join ISIS. And so that's, you know, Somalia. And the question I have is, why are we still importing refugees from Somalia if ISIS has a training camp there? You know, this is something that should be brought to, uh, you know, the State Department's attention because they're the ones funding Lutheran Social Services, bringing these people in. The same people that um, cause multiple crimes uh, demand that uh, we cater to their needs uh, and bring disease. It was found that in Fargo, over 90% of these Somali or Liberian refugees that they're bringing have latent TB, which means it's dormant and it can activate any time. And the argument ensued at a city council meeting there where uh, the second-in-command, I guess, to the mayor said, for that reason, we should stop bringing them in. We need to stop until we can test, and we can't bring people with latent TB into our country. That's a disease. And, uh, you know, more merit to that, because I've said it before, in Minnesota there was an outbreak of um, a new strand of polio that is undetectable because there are no tests, because it mutates at a um, odd in an odd way when encountered with uh, different genetic, um, like different people that have different genetic makeups. And um, the World Health Organization has identified that back in 2018. They've been trying to create a vaccine, but it's very specific to DNA makeup. And yet we are still bringing them in. So we have terrorists, we're importing terrorists on our dime, right? We're paying for them to come here. And um, not only, you know, that they're potential terrorists, but um, they have diseases too that we can't test for because they're not known to us or not in the mainstream. And then yet we can test them for TB and they all have latent TB, but that's okay because once they come here, we'll put them through some sort of therapy, I guess. I don't know what the uh, scope on that is. Oh, and speaking of Lutheran social services, I just want to tell everyone, um, I have filed a federal complaints against Lutheran social services of Minnesota for using federal and state funding for campaigning purposes. And I've looked online to find the link of the invitation where they invited people in 2017 to a federally funded building that was paid by federal tax dollars by Lutheran Social Services, inviting people to come and raise funds for Ilhan Omar. So that is a crime. That is a waste of, and you're not allowed to use federal funds for campaigning. And so what they did was not only did they lobby the campaign, they used resources, the, you know, money, um, 
space, food, drinks, whatever, uh, to raise money for this woman, uh, which will be quite interesting to see because it was multiple agencies that grant the money. It goes from Health and Human Services to the State Department to uh, the Department of Interior to HUD, you know, because they get a lot of these grants to, like, house these refugees when they bring them. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Now, um, the fact that the president is more than 20 minutes late right now for his announcement means that something is up. And uh, that that is actually quite interesting. He's prompt. He's 20 minutes late. And I am not understanding why anybody else. I mean, everyone listening now can understand the concern I have if something has gone down or if he's flipping the script. Um, he was supposed to already be live on air. Uh and he's not. They're all saying watch live. They're tweeting it out. The Pentagon. I see everyone watch the president's announcement. I mean, I'm on the White House site right now where it was. I've been on there since the break. And it says President Donald Trump, President Trump delivers remarks regarding shutdown live stream starting sh- soon. And they started streaming 34 minutes ago and he still hasn't come up. So I guess we won't be. um hearing it live on air. So I encourage everyone to always use the White House streams rather than other uh, outlets only because they they can buffer, disconnect, and they're always on a delay. They don't um, stream it directly. So this is how they edit information too. Uh, We've seen that before. So maybe they will give it to Pelosi and say, hey, you won. I don't know. We're going to see, and I'm excited, and I am just going to tell you all that next week, the State of the Union, Ruth, and this wall will be top talk, okay? It'll be the center of every conversation, and rather than us waiting for Friday to see developments, it'll probably be on a Wednesday, um, and that's because we don't want the month to close out uh, because February 1st is... Uh, human trafficking day that would actually be quite cool too if he did it on february 1st as uh, to commemorate uh, via executive order that february 1st is deemed to be um child and human trafficking day that he did so you know he always does things you know one thing that he says and i live by too is if you got to think think big i mean you got nothing to lose uh people you know have goals in their life and they think of doing things and they only think, you know, up to like five steps ahead. Why not shoot for, for the moon? Why not? And he is a person that's all about doing things big league, right? And maybe this will be his big league move, but considering that he's so late, something may be flipping. Gosh, I wish I had popcorn right now. (laughs) I don't know if all of you are like that, but it's Friday. Um, My president is, you know, over 20 minutes late for his live, uh, you know, speech in regards to the shutdown. Rumors are going around and statements are going that, uh, you know, airports are being shut down. 
air safety measures are unraveling due to shutdown. Air traffic control is saying that they have a shortage because of the shutdown and they want it to shut down because planes can't go. I'm thinking something's up in regards to our national security, that this airport, these airports being shut down, um, you know, they're using the excuse of the shutdown, but it may be a national security threat. So based on that, maybe he's flipping the script. I don't know. I mean, I'm only trying to do the calculations with the information available to me at hand. And I don't have access to people over the phone to get phone calls and sources in. So I'm only following now and I'm seeing a lot of tweets about uh, airports being shut down. So it begs me to think that there is a bona fide national security threat, uh, which is one way to think about it. And this is why he's delayed because coupled with that, you know, they started tweeting about that just uh, 15 minutes ago. So no, no, it was like what Eastern time. It was like one fifteen that they started tweeting about the airports and how the shutdown is affecting them. And that's why planes are grounded. And here we go. Pelosi wins as humiliated Trump will cave and end shutdown with no wall. And there's a nice picture of Pelosi smiling and walking down like I won. And I'm okay with that. You can eat your cake for now. But it's, what is it? When the, it's who last, who has the last laugh, right? But it could be that there is a security threat. Wait, I just saw something. AP source, White House and congressional leaders near short-term deal. 19 seconds ago from AP. To end the longest government shutdown in history. I'm not seeing anything, guys, except for airports being shut down and everyone tweeting about his remarks. So he's almost half an hour late. So something is up. Feel free to DM me. I'm all about messages. You know that. So I've got people saying no wall barrier funding and deal WTF. Uh, you know what? I would say okay to that. I'd be totally fine with that. Let Nancy Pelosi have a weekend to remember. Let her drink her face off and then give us the state of the union address since he humbled himself. Maybe he's negotiating, you know, or negotiated. Hey, Pelosi, if I open up the government and don't take border funding, can I have my state of the union? And if she agrees to that, then maybe he'll do what I envision would be the best thing to do, which is deliver the state of the union Tell everyone how amazing our country is doing in regards to economy, jobs, and um, development. And then say, unfortunately, though, we have national security concerns. So this is the State of the Union. We are in a humanitarian and security crisis. Therefore, as of right now, I am declaring a national emergency. That would be the biggest, most epic thing he could do. And I believe he may even do that unless something is really up because he is really late. And that is concerning. And no one's talking about why he's late either. So um, if anyone sees anything, feel free to DM me that I might be missing because I am going through. And all I see is 
airports shutting down, people saying it, the shutdown has creeped into President Trump's ability to read the clock. Uh, so sarcasm, nice. That was pretty good. But he's so late. I don't know. We'll see. And it probably won't be with me on air because uh, he's extremely late, extremely delayed. It could be that maybe Pelosi um, and him are going back and forth about the State of the Union. Maybe she's refusing and he's saying, listen, if you refuse, this deal is off the table. It's not happening. Uh, So it could be just that. Maybe the airports are just a byproduct. But, you know, when you're when you tackle a situation or any problem or any question you may have, you should see all alternative avenues. And right now for me, mathematically speaking is he's either late because Pelosi is refusing to give him the state of the union on Tuesday, or there's something really up with these airports being shut down. And maybe they're using the shutdown narrative uh, as to why planes are being grounded at LaGuardia. Uh, These delays are happening in flights so I don't know, maybe someone's out there looking at plane, planes in the air, you know, that uh, site where we can actually see what's flying, but something is going on. Our president is always prompt and this is not his normal practice. So there's a lot of people saying, yeah, screw the temporary deal and shut down, do the emergency now and start cleaning house with the bloat, et cetera, in the TSA. So people are catching on to this airplane. Another person is saying Roger Stone was indicted this morning. Government shutdown ends the same day. Coincidence. Really, guys? Roger Stone has nothing to do with this. Roger Stone is just to keep the fire going for all these rabid, foaming at the mouth, radical leftists. And none of them are even going to pay attention that there's nothing to do with Russia collusion. Yet, you know, CNN will say how he did when we all know the only reason Mueller is after him is because they want to know what the president knows, and ultimately to find out what is this Q? Who is this Q? And what is this plan? And how long has it been done so they can mitigate? On that note, guys, even with the president half an hour late, I bid you a great day. Grab your popcorn. I think this will be exciting. Have a happy and healthy weekend. And I will see you again on Monday where we'll revisit the wall, the State of the Union, and Ruth. Have a wonderful weekend from all of us here at Red State.